0: Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Now we last time read Genesis chapter 41. Now chapter 41 ends with Joseph being brought up out of the dungeon and put into power under Pharaoh to watch over Egypt during the seven years before the famine to gather up all the plentiful food and to store that away. And then in the seven years of the famine, he was still responsible for this food, for distributing and selling it so that people would have food. And at the end, the last verse of that chapter, So all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. So all the lands in that region were experiencing famine, it was to them it was it was nearly worldwide. Now it, <clears throat> I'm not saying it was worldwide, but for their area, their huge region, it was all experiencing this famine. Okay, so we are ready to read Genesis chapter 42. Now I am reading in the amplified Bible. Now when Jacob Israel, learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why are you staring at one another in bewilderment and bewilderment and not taking action he said i've heard that there is grain in egypt go down there and buy some grain for us so that we may live and not die of starvation so 10 of joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in egypt but jacob did not send benjamin Joseph's younger brother with his brothers, for he said, I am afraid that some harm or injury may come to him. So the sons of Israel came to Egypt to buy grain along with the others who were coming, for famine was in the land of Canaan also. So the famine was in this whole entire region. Now, notice that Jacob did not send Benjamin in Joseph's, in Joseph's absence. Benjamin was likely now uh, the favorite because he was Rachel's other son. Now, Joseph was the ruler over the land, and he was the one who sold grain to all the people of the land. And Joseph's half-brothers came. and Now, this says half-brothers, and this is done in the Amplified Bible, okay? That half is not there normally, and, and I think it has to do with they're trying to be more... Um, correct, maybe from a genetic standpoint, but if you're like me, my brothers are my brothers. It does not matter whether or not we have these same exact parents all the time, you know, and uh, and I don't think they looked at it that way either, but still, it is made mention of here that they're half brothers, okay? But I think in most other translations, it just says brothers. we we know that they had different mothers. So, Anne, Joseph's half-brothers, came and bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but hiding his identity, he treated them as strangers and spoke harshly to them. He said to them, where have you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. Joseph recognized his brothers but they did not recognize him. Joseph remembered the dreams he had dreamed about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come with a malicious purpose to observe the undefended parts of our land. But they said to him, No, my lord, for your servants have only come to buy food. We are all the sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. Yet he said to them, No, you have come to see the undefended parts of our land. But they said, Your servants are twelve brothers in all, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. Please listen. The youngest is with our father today, and one is no longer alive. Joseph said to them, It is as I said to you. You are spies. In this way you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you back home and let him bring your brother here while the rest of you remain confined so that your words may be tested to see <clears throat> to see whether there is any truth in you and your story or else by the life of Pharaoh, certainly you are spies. Then Joseph put them all in prison for three days. So <clears throat> now... <laughs> I'm sorry it's not that they don't deserve this but Joseph is being a little rough on them but but you have to admit we uh we discussed this in the last chapter Joseph has spent like um 13 years here in slavery and and some years at least two of those years in prison probably more and um yeah he's he's kind of I guess he's kind of getting back at them a little bit and they deserve it. This is kind of proof. You know, when you do something wrong, when you do something wrong, it, it always comes back to you. When you, when you hurt someone, you know, your, your sin, your wrongdoing, it haunts you and it comes back to you in so many different ways. And, and you're just so much better off not to do those things. Because if you have any conscience or anything, it's going to bother you. And then like this, you know, you will reap what you sow. You will get trouble for causing trouble, for being trouble. Now Joseph said to them on the third day, Do this, and you may live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined in your place here in prison. But as for the rest of you, go carry grain for the famine in your households. But bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you will not die. And they did so. Okay, so now here, hmm, so here they relented to do this. They said to one another, Truly we are guilty regarding our brother Joseph because we saw the distress and anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us to let him go, yet we would not listen to his cry. So this distress and anguish has come on to us, or on us. And that, you know, to me, yes. Yes, this is kind of your come uppence or, you know, your your payback uh, this is what happens. Reuben answered them, Did I not tell you do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen. Now the accounting for his blood is required of us, for we are guilty of his death. They did not know that Joseph understood their conversation, because he spoke to them through an interpreter. He turned away from his brothers and left the room, and wept Then he returned and talked with them and took Simeon from them and bound him in front of them to be kept as a hostage in Egypt. Then Joseph gave orders privately that their bags be filled with grain and that every man's money used to pay for the grain be put back in his sack and that provisions be given to them for the journey. So this was done for them. So here again, uh, on the one hand, what Joseph is doing is is nice and kind, but in another way, putting the money back and not telling them <laughs> this this will this will um uh, what's the right word it will confound them and it will it will cause them some worry. They loaded their donkeys with grain and left from there. And at the lodging place, as one of them opened his sack to feed his donkey. He saw his money in the opening of his sack. And he said to his brothers, My money has been returned. Here it is in my sack. And their hearts sank. And they were afraid and turned trembling to one another, saying, What is this that God has done to us? Now, here we go. We're going to blame God. We're going to blame God for what we have done and brought on ourselves. Now, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean. We do this all the time. We do this all the time in the world, in life. Uh, things happen and we blame God as if we did not somehow cause it to happen to us ourselves. Now here they, they really did, even though they may not totally understand everything that's going on, they brought this upon themselves. It's not like, now it's not like with Joseph where he was sold into slavery and they really shouldn't have done that. And it's not like he went to prison and you know, he really didn't deserve to go to prison. But here, you know, they're, they're blaming God for their predicament, but they're the ones that have done it to themselves. Now, this is unfortunately a theme that we're going to see with the Israelites, uh, a lot, a a whole lot. (laughs) So, but nonetheless, when they came to Jacob, their father in the land of Canaan, they told him everything that had happened to them, saying, the man who is the Lord of the land spoke harshly to us and took us for spies of the land. But we told him, we are honest men, we are not spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of our father. One is no longer alive and the youngest is with our father today in the land of Canaan. Now it's kind of funny, you notice they're, they're stressing we are honest men, but, you know, Joseph is kind of the, they don't know, that's Joseph at this point, but Joseph is kind of the wrong person to tell that you're honest men when you've sold him into slavery, you know, and and mistreated him. So that they will, you know, they will find out the error of their ways here. So, and the man, the Lord of the country said to us, by this test, I will know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me and take grain for your starving households and go. Bring your youngest brother to me, then I will know that you are not spies, but that you are honest men. Then I will return your imprisoned brother back to you, and you may trade and do business in the land. Now when they emptied their sacks, every man's bundle of money paid to buy grain was in his sack. When they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. Jacob, their father, said to them, You have bereaved me by causing the loss of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more. He assumes that Simeon is dead, or going to be dead. And you would take Benjamin from me? All these things are working against me. Then Reuben spoke to his father, You may put my two sons to death if I do not bring Benjamin back to you. Put him in my care, and I will return him to you. But Jacob said, My son shall not go down to Egypt with you, for his brother is dead, and he alone is left of Rachel's children. If any harm or accident should happen to him on the journey you are taking, then you will bring my gray hair down to Sheol, the place of the dead in sorrow. So here, as I mentioned before, really, we have the brothers... You know, kind of getting their payback. You know, years later, they're going through all this, and they're uh, this is happening to them because of what they've done in their past. You know, now, <clears throat> on the one hand, though, they would not have um, the access they're going to have were Joseph not in the position he is. Okay. So they're going to have, we know that they're going to have great access and they're going to be really blessed because Joseph, their brother, is the one that is in charge of these things down in Egypt. But, you know, he's putting them through this because of what they did to him. And he's not really being overly cruel while he is um, definitely putting them through some some stress you know and definitely scaring them um <clears throat> i don't you know from what i remember and and we're going to see more as we go i mean he's going to end up you know he's their brother and he's going to end up treating them well and he will reveal who he is and all that but for now you know he's kind of he's kind of getting back at them a little bit and a few days a little bit of stress and anguish for them is nothing compared to the years he spent here in Egypt as a slave and in prison. So it's understandable, and he's not really doing anything mean to them because, like I said, you know, he's going to reveal himself, and he's going to do do very right by them, you will see as we continue on. So that is Genesis chapter 42. Now, Just remember that the things we do to others will come back to us. We want to make sure that we are not treating others badly and doing wrong things to others because it does come back to us. And if you have a conscience, it haunts your conscience and bothers you. You notice Reuben is disturbed because of what has happened, because of what they've done. And he mentions that. He says, you know, he said, "I, I told you not to do this. They said to one another, Truly, we are guilty regarding our brother Joseph. Well, they regret. They saw the distress and anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us to let him go. Of course he did. He was a young, what, 17-year-old boy. And he's like, No, don't sell me into slavery. I'm sure he begged and pleaded with them, and they ignored him. And I'm sure this has bothered their conscience. But, on the other hand, Joseph is the one that has gone through all the stuff he's gone through. But notice, even he, he steps aside. He turned away from his brothers and left the room and wept because of the things he heard them say. He knew that they were sorrowful for what they had done. You know, but, you know, is that enough? You know, I don't know. Is that enough? That's a good question. Because being sorrowful, but having caused someone so much trouble in their life, I mean, it's good to be sorrowful. It's good to uh, apologize and try to make amends. But sometimes, you know, when you've done something really awful, sometimes that's going to feel like that's not enough. And it's, it's because that you can never fix some of those things. They can never take back what Joseph has been through. There's just no way, even though God has blessed him every step of the way and has helped him. Still, they put him in a horrible circumstance, a horrible predicament. And uh, and they can't undo that. See, we can't undo the wrongs we do when we've done something. The most we can do is is repent, apologize. And, you know, try never to do anything like that again. So. All right. Again, this is Genesis chapter 42. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful, blessed day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.